Hello, welcome to Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday, where all your questions for your primary care doctor are answered. Our goal is to help our listeners make their wellness a priority and live out long, enjoyable, and fulfilling lives. All right, we are on. Welcome, everybody. Uh, to this week's episode of Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday. I have um, a special guest. Um, and actually, pronounce your last name for me. Echo. Okay. So I have Dr. Echo here with me. I wanted to make sure I got her name right. Um, she has taken time out of her busy schedule to be here with us. So we are so excited. The topic is going to be autism. I do get a lot of questions about this, so I'm super excited about this topic. So we're going to um, do some introductions, and then we're going to get right to it. So I'm going to um, start get started first. Um, for those that don't know me, my name is Dr. Uday. I'm a board-certified family medicine physician. I'm based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I co-own a primary care practice, namely Apple Valley Family Medicine. I'm located... Um, in Martinsburg. And um, the goal of my um, practice is to have my patients not only feeling, but looking good. So Dr. Echo, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Uday. Thank you for having me on here. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Hoke Echo, board certified pediatrician. I am also an integrative uh, pediatrician that specializes in ADHD and autism. So, and what integrative medicine? Yeah, the word <laughs> simply means uh, conventional medicine plus uh, evidence-based complementary medicine. So that's all that means. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, what else about me? I have kids. I I I run my own practice called Glow Pediatrics, where our mission is to help children and families glow from the inside out with health. So. Beautiful. That is beautiful and well needed. So let's actually get right into it. So what is autism from your perspective, Dr. Echo? So autism is a is a collection of disorders, right, that we have put under this one umbrella called autism spectrum. And the reason for the word spectrum is because it's you can have children run the gamut of or even adults, every anybody um, of being what we call high functioning, meaning you can't even tell there's anything going on with them. They just might have um, concerns around social interaction and communication. So let me go back to say autism, the highlight of it really is that the disorders that deal with communication socially, especially, and also um, social interaction. So um, things that we used to call like Asperger's, that's all now under autism. Mm. PDD, pervasive developmental disorder, that's all under the umbrella of autism now. So it's just a collection of brain-based disorders under one name. So, yeah. so what would you say causes it? So there isn't one cause, it's multifactorial, which means there's multiple factors that cause it. Some of those factors could be genetics. I mean, children, um, families that have, a sh that have a history of autism, it's very um, higher risk of the child having autism. Children that are extremely premature, um, the environment does play a part. Uh, the food that we eat does play a part. Uh, what else? Things like mold and lead and all of those uh, toxins that can attack the brain can can cause autism. So 
there isn't one thing that causes it. So what, what would you say the symptoms are of it? So um, the typical symptoms you would find or you would see with children, because I deal with children, I'll talk about children, but it's the same as adults to, to some degree. So typically you would see children that don't like to make eye contact, like you would talk to them and or you call their name and they will do this and immediately look away. So very limited eye contact, don't like to like to play by themselves. Um, so if you're looking at your toddler and you speak to or you call your toddler's name several times and they don't respond, that could be that could be a warning sign. Like they don't respond like usual. Some of them have stereotypical um, movements that they make, sometimes hand flapping, like if they're excited or they're angry like that, or doing different things with their hands. There's so many symptoms again. Um, what are some other ones? They can be very picky eaters. They, um, they don't understand how to interact well with others. They don't understand the give and take of a conversation. They may just want to only talk about themselves. Um, some a lot of times there's even speech delay so it doesn't mean that every child that has speech delay has autism but that's a big component of it of the okay. disorder and um okay. so yeah those, that runs the gamut of it um and of course there are other things like they have difficulty walking they are very clumsy like their milestones developmentally can be really delayed and sometimes i've seen kids that their milestones are they met them on time, like the walking, the talking and all of that, but they still end up developing autism, like that's two or three, like more signs of it. And there are some children who started off with, who start off developing appropriately and then regress backwards. So like they started saying words and then stopped talking. Mm -hmm. so that too can be a warning sign if your child is doing something and stop doing it as well. And, um, what about repetitive movements you know, right so, so yeah th those are the kinds of the things i was talking about with the hand movements. so even like lining up toys like they always do the same thing or they spin five times stop spin again five times it's like there's this re repetitive things that they do over and over um that brings some some comfort to them but they they enjoy doing it so those are some things to look out for Okay. And then formally, how do you diagnose it? So formally, um, there's there's multiple tests that you can do. I do the CARS test when I'm evaluating children. So it's clinical observation plus the testing because both go hand in hand. There isn't one test that diagnoses it. You have to take what the test shows in addition to your clinical judgment. So um, so when we are when we're evaluating children, we're looking for how do they interact. The DSM five has several criteria that we follow, and a lot of it has to do with uh, social interaction, social communication, restrictive behaviors, which means the behaviors that they do over and over, repeated behaviors or like very rigid thinking. If you move them off their routine, they can't handle it. They get really angry and start throwing tantrums. Like they they just lack the um so that those are some of the things we look at for evaluating and if it started in in childhood like in, in early childhood versus late childhood um if it cannot be explained by intellectual disability which 
which of course that's a whole separate evaluation for that but you have to determine that the behaviors of the child you're seeing doesn't fall under intellectual disability for you to say the child has autism so formally how do you treat them great question <laughs> so <laughs> yes so autism is a chronic illness I will say that there are things that can be done to help the patients live um, a better quality of life. So, for example, with those who have difficulty with speech or speech delay, it's so important that if you notice that your child isn't speaking by, by 18 months, not even saying any words, that it's so important that you follow up with your doctor to have them evaluated and then referred to speech. So the earlier we start speech therapy, it definitely helps. The fact that you, the child, I should say this, the fact that your child has been diagnosed with autism doesn't mean your child cannot improve. And a lot of times parents, once they hear that word, it means it's like a death sentence and that's it. It doesn't mean that at all. Your child's children can improve. And so when we start speech therapy early, physical therapy, if they need it, occupational therapy, Preferably under the age of five, that's where you start, you can see a lot of improvement in the behavior and in the abilities of your child. From my perspective as an integrated pediatrician, I look at the whole child. So I look at what's going on in the child's environment. I have seen children that live in a house full of black mold have behaviors that can mimic autism. And once they're taken out of the environment, it improves. I also... So I look at a lot at what children are eating. Um, lots of research shows children with autism, they have a lot of gut issues. So like GI issues like constipation, diarrhea, they don't digest their foods well and they're often really picky eaters, right? So I work on constipation, on the picky eating because believe it or not, constipation affects sleep, which a lot of times they don't sleep well. They have difficulty falling asleep or can stay up all night and all day. I have seen children not go to sleep at all. And so um, constipation, when you address that and address the sleep, the behavior of the child will often improve because the brain needs the time to sleep to repair itself. So that's the approach for treatment that I have is let's fix what they are eating. Um, let's work on their sleep. Let's work on the behaviors that we can address. Let's work on speech and occupational therapy and physical therapy. And that I have found helps the children improve. Okay. So if there's a parent listening with a child that, you know, either they're suspecting has autism or they've, you know, had a diagnosis of autism, what would you, what actionable tips would you give them to help improve symptoms um, in their child? Okay. So some of like what I just uh, talked about. Sure. So first off, when I when I first give the uh, if if your child has just been diagnosed, I would make sure that your child gets the appropriate referrals that they need, like speech, occupational therapy, or physical therapy, mm -hmm. and that you follow up with that. Also, make sure that the school, if your child is school age, that they're getting the appropriate accommodations that they need to help them in school because the fact that their child has autism doesn't mean they are not smart. Some children with autism are one of the most brilliant people. And so um, it's important to advocate for your child at the school level. Now at home, what are the things you can do? 
often I advise parents to start to do a trial of um, take off dairy and take off gluten because dairy constipates and lots of research has shown that um, our bodies don't digest dairy well. So I often tell parents if we can do a three months trial off dairy, three months trial of gluten and gluten is something that's found in wheat commonly. So it would just be switching over to foods made from rice. So like there's rice pasta, uh, you can still eat rice, you can eat potatoes. So it's not a huge drastic change, but I have found that it makes a difference. So those two things especially, but then also children with autism are very deficient in important um, elements like magnesium and zinc and they also can be anemic, right? Because they all, like sometimes they put lots of things in their mouth. So you want to make sure to check that they're not anemic as well, because that's something that's easily fixable. And when you're low, when you have low blood iron, that affects the way you, the amount of oxygen that's carried to your brain, right? And that affects the way your brain functions. So I often talk about the brain. I talk about everything from the angle of the brain because I want parents to understand that what's what uh, we have to address the health of the physical organ the brain because that's what drives everything so when we we think about what we are putting in our mouths we have to say will our brain like this and if it's things full of dye like brightly colored food you probably shouldn't be eating it because all those dyes research has shown affect the way the brain functions so at home i will take out the brightly colored foods the kool-aids all of those things that don't help our children anyways because it's chock full of sugar and all of that and just replace just slowly replace it with alternatives like instead of drinking dairy your child could drink oat milk or almond milk and then instead of gluten you can try more rice-based foods so just to give their tummies time to rest in addition magnesium helps with constipation which helps with, and magnesium helps with sleep, right? And those are two big things that we find in children with autism. So the one taking magnesium will take care of constipation, will help with sleep. Magnesium also nourishes the brain cells. So it helps with those three big things. So that's really my, my beginning approach to helping children with autism. I hope that wasn't too much. No, it's never too much. It was good. It's actually really, really good. Thank you. So the other question I ask is, um, I guess this is more um, on the flip side to talk more about you. Why do you do what you do? I ask all my um, doctors I come on. So why do you do what you do, Doc? Yeah, good question. So, <laughs> oh, goodness. So, cracking me up. <laughs> I, have a, I have a brain story, uh, which is what got me into the whole brain thing. And I'm not a neurologist, but I know brain. <laughs> So when I was a when I was a junior in college, I was in two car accidents back to back, six Ooh. months apart, and I was told by the neuropsychologist that I was only average. And he asked me what I wanted to do. I said I've wanted to be a pediatrician since I was five, and he said, "Well, you're never going to med school. You are only average, and I suggest you go find something else to do." So I well, I proceeded to believe the guy because obviously he's a doctor yeah and i failed out of school that semester and my and that was done i was depressed i was yeah so but my parents were like nope you're going back to school 
Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what he said. Mindset. Yeah. You are a doctor, and that's exactly what's gonna happen. So uh I went back to school. Was it a struggle? Yes. I had to yeah. overcome what I believed, first of all, about the fact that I wasn't good enough. Um and but I mean here we are. So Yay. I did prevail. <laughs> and then you know, I started thinking like first it started with adhd i i had this little boy four years old came into my office and um they said he had adhd but he was also in foster care and he had been in 10 homes in six months so Mm. if you have been in 10 stranger homes and you're four years old i'm not sure how your behavior would be i mean i i would think i would be crazy but so he came into my office was bouncing off the walls but the interesting thing was he gave me like 15 hugs so he would run around and come back and give me a hug and so i heard myself telling the worker i said no i'm not gonna give him adhd meds besides he's four years old I think he needs a loving home. And I could not believe I said that. I don't know where I got that from. I think it was just the mommy and me and the hogs. And I was like, is this, huh? So the guy looked at me like I was crazy, but he did go and and they got him into a really good home. So the next time I saw this child, like six months, six weeks, six months later, this child was sitting on the lap of this amazing foster dad. He said hi to me, gave me one hug, and no more bouncing off the walls. So I was like, where did the ADHD go? Oh, wait, does that mean that trauma can affect your brain so much that it looks like ADHD? And now we know there's all this research now, right, that shows when a child experiences trauma, it makes physical changes in their brains. And so that's what led me to start doing extra reading and just finding out all these things like oh my goodness there is more to this than just i'm gonna evaluate you and put you on meds Mm -hmm. i mean the very environment you're in can make you act like 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 you have an attention problem Mm -hmm. and so that's what led me into adhd and then i did a tedx on adhd and i was doing all this work on adhd and then Mm -hmm. i left my last employed position because i was being harassed and i was like well what am i gonna do now Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i realized that um in my state oklahoma there's there's a two-year wait list for autism evals i was like hmm that's something i could do so I went and got trained and then I started doing it. And then I was like, but I can actually help these children because I noticed that the children started to, there was this pattern, right? I'm evaluating them. They all have constipation. They all have sleep. They all have sleep issues. They're all picky eaters. I'm like, but no, we're not really addressing those underlying problems, right? We just say, oh yeah, it's autism and don't really address it. I mean, I'm guilty of that too. So that's how I really started my practice, just um, based, um, just really for children with ADHD and autism is how can we help these children get better, right? By addressing everything going on with the child. That's amazing. So, I mean, and it's absolutely well-needed work. So yeah. thank you so much for what you do. Now, the other question is, um, with all the experience you've had, all the life you've lived so far, um, if you got a chance to meet your 20-year-old self, what would you tell her? What would you advise her? Hmm. Yes, I would tell her, don't believe what people say to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I love it. I love it. Because it's not believing yourself. Absolutely. Yes, yes. It doesn't matter what happens. Like, it's amazing how I remember being five and remembering I want to be a pediatrician. But yeah, I would say, yes, believe in yourself. And even if you get knocked off, you can get back up again and keep going. That's that is beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. This was so good. Thank you so much, Dr. You're Thank welcome. You. So, for people that want to look you up, they want to schedule an appointment, they want to connect with you, how can they do that? Okay. Well, multiple ways. So, mm -hmm. my podcast just launched today, Brain Power with Dr. Ooh. Echo. It's on, <laughs> it's on, yeah. thank you. It's on Apple, Spotify, and all the places you can listen to podcasts. So that's one place. And that's a weekly podcast focusing on practical strategies to help parents and children boost their brain, guts, emotional and environmental health. And then my practice is Glow Pediatrics. So it's www.glowpediatrics.com. And on there, you can, you can leave a message to schedule an appointment with us, or I'll give Dr. Uday a phone number which is, do I remember my phone number? <laughs> I'll give it to don't, you. Don't worry, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put all, yes, and I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram at Glow Pediatrics. So, yes. Oh, congratulations on the podcast. Thank that is you. awesome. This was so, so good. So, you guys definitely check her out. She's an amazing doctor. Um, on the flip side, if you're looking for a quality family medicine physician, we are accepting new patients at Apple Valley Family Medicine. We're open seven days a week, 9 um, to 5 p.m., Monday through Sunday, um, and we would love to take care of you. You can call us at 304-350-1087, and you can find us online at www.applevalleyfamilymed.com. You guys have an amazing week. Dr. Eko, thank you so much. Thank My you. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was fun. <laughs> this was so fun. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and include a review. Don't forget, you're worth it, and your health is our priority. Tune in for another episode next week and have a great rest of your week.